Hey, welcome to the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast with me, Rob Kosberg. Every week, I interview thought leaders and experts who have used the book to grow their income and their impact. So tune in weekly for these interviews so you can learn how to use your own best-selling book and go from hunting for clients and opportunities to instead being the hunted. All right. Hey, welcome everybody. Rob Kosberg here with another episode of the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast. Very excited uh, to bring you a great guest today, Brad Blazer, the best-selling author of several books with a new one coming out. His very first book, On the Wings of Eagles, was the number one book for young entrepreneurs. A very, very successful book that young entrepreneurs have really latched onto. The host of the Beast Nation podcast. Very cool. One of the highest rated shows helping people uh, deal with COVID, which is a very interesting topic. I, maybe we can get into that a little bit. You're the host of Capital Con, the uh, Capital Con event in Houston, Texas, and of course, the founder of the Art of Beliefology. So a lot there, Brad. Thanks for being with us today on the show. No, it's great to be here, Rob. Uh, it's a pleasure. Yes, very excited. Looking forward to talking to you about uh, all the different messages that you're getting out. Well, I think there's one common theme and thread for your messages. And then, of course, I want to talk a little bit about how your messages uh, in the form of books have made an impact on you. But maybe we mm -hmm. could start with the most recent thing, which is your your uh, live event in Houston, which you're just coming off the, the tail end of that. You know, not many people have done uh, too many live events these days. We're just literally <laughs> getting started with them again, which kind yeah. of dovetails into the COVID thing as far as your podcast goes. Tell me, what was the purpose of the event? What were you looking to get out of the event and what kind of impact did it make on people? Well, you know, last year we did a number of virtual events. Right after COVID hit, I was on the phone talking to a lot of coaches and speakers and, you know, we came up with this idea to have a virtual event. And so the very first one we did, it was called Conquer the Crisis. Awesome. We had some big time speakers, uh, you know, Tim Story. We had uh, Bradley from Dropping Bombs. Uh, actually, I think four or five people that have all spoken on uh, Grant Cardone's 10X stage. So this was kind of like 10X uh, in a virtual environment, if you will. And, uh, you know, we promoted that largely through social media. And we had over 850 people that joined us uh, for that first event. Beautiful. And then we did them about every month. And so in total, we did four over the course of uh, last year just to kind of build relationships with people and kind of get out there and, uh, you know, stay in front of people uh, as best as we could, because obviously we couldn't speak live and get on stages. And then, um, you know, I launched a new division in our coaching business in late November called Capital School, which largely teaches people how to attract, how to close and how to basically raise high net worth investor capital, because hmm. capital is really one of the things that most entrepreneurs and most businesses lack or yeah. need need access to. And in my career, I've raised over $2 billion through oh. my efforts and the efforts of teams I've led. And so we started this coaching division and it was very niche. -y. And, uh, you know, we found largely that a lot of people that were coming through the coaching were real estate entrepreneurs, business owners. And uh, very quickly, in about three months, we had close to 100 students around the world. Uh, we now have students in six countries and I came up with the idea of doing a live event where the students that enrolled, as well as, of course, anybody else for that matter, could come to one live location. It was a live attended person event. 
and really just hear from some of the best of the best, people that are doing multifamily syndications, people that are raising money, you know, people like Kevin Harrington, how to pitch your deal effectively and what yeah. to say when you're in front of an investor. And uh, it was largely a huge success. You know, when you commit to an event of that scale and size, you know, day one, dollar one before you ever sell a ticket, that it's going to be a major cost. I had no idea how I was going to sell tickets, but I just faced my fears. Yeah. And I said, you know, if I want to speak on the biggest stages on the planet, I've got to do this to position myself in the minds of some of these big people and pull this off as a huge success. And so, you know, I always say fear can be a great motivator of humans. Uh, you know, fear, you can either forget everything and run or you can face everything and rise. And nice. so uh, we got my team and uh, we pulled off a great event. It's world class. And uh, everybody that showed up said, man, I can't believe this is your first event. You know, you got 100 people here, you know, the audio visual in the back, you probably have $300,000 of microphones and cameras and all the stuff back Beautiful. there. The team came all the way from Colorado and did a great uh, job for us. And so largely, it was really to do two things. It was to bring an audience of people together in a live setting, but it was also really to prove to both myself and some other people that, you know, I'm really now ready to get on some of the larger stages and speak about raising capital and what we're doing uh, in capital school in our coaching programs. Nice, nice. You know, I, I appreciate the honesty of that. You know, uh, so many people I talk to, of course, you know, bestseller publishing works with, we've done books for over a thousand authors. And I always ask authors uh, the same first question, which is, you know, what's your goal with your book? What are you trying to accomplish? And 100 times out of 100, not 99 times out of 100, 100 times out of 100, they'll say something like, you know, I really want to help people. I really want to make an impact. I really want to change lives. And I believe that. And and sure. I think they believe that too. But truth be told, there's always an internal motivation having to do with yourself, right? Sure. To do these things. And so you're you're taking on the risk of capital and everything else to put on the event. And that gave you, you know, the that gives you the ability to take the next step and get on these bigger stages. So I, I appreciate the honesty in that. That's very, very good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And so tell me a little bit more about, I think that that kind of, it might dovetail, it might not, but you have the second highest rated podcast helping people to deal with and cope with, uh, you know, this pandemic and the COVID thing. I would imagine that a lot of the psychology that, you must be helping people with also goes into putting on your own live event and doing some of the things that you've done just over this past year. So tell me about the podcast and, and how do you actually help people? How have you helped people with this, you know, with their COVID pandemic thinking? So, you know, really the, the whole focus of the podcast and the reason we came up with the name Beast Nation is I run a six-month coaching program called Build Your Beast, and it largely has to do with mindset, the way you know successful people think. And what I have largely found by being around and interviewing some of the most successful people probably in the world, uh, you know, people like Dana Cavalia, the performance coach to the New York Yankees, Arguably, the Yankees are one of the winningest teams in baseball, and he's the performance coach. Yeah, yeah. You know, in history, around with people like you know A. Rod and uh, you know Pettit and uh, all the big players. And I largely just asked him, you know, what's the difference between somebody like a Michael Jordan or a Tiger Woods or you know a Kobe Bryant that literally are playing at the highest level 
and pretty much just everybody else. And, uh, you know, when you look at everybody else, they're talented, right? They're on the team, they're they're professionals, but there are those that just are, as we know, head and shoulders above everybody else. And he said it largely comes down to one thing. And he said they've made the decision to go pro in everything they do. They show up irregardless. They give it their all. They're constantly practicing. They're constantly improving and I think largely one of the problems many people have is, as I've studied human psychology and as I've talked to Dr. Kevin Elko, you know, a sports psychologist who basically coaches at the highest level to both NFL and college football teams and personally has 31 championship rings, Super Bowl and wow. college football combined. You know, he took the Eagles to the Super Bowl. He took Alabama to national uh, championship. He works closely with Saban. He said the big difference is we as human beings are largely programmed to retreat to a place of comfort. You know, you got a roof over your head, you got a car to get around, you go to the grocery store, uh, you know, get food. If you want water, you turn on the faucet. And he said, once your comforts are met, you largely get to a point where you're not pushing and you're not exerting daily for more abundance or more money. And a coach that I've come to really admire and create a wonderful relationship, Coach Michael Burke, talks about this thing called prey drive. And he said, prey drive, if you study it, is basically something that's present in dogs. And it's also, of course, present in your large predator cats, your lions and your tigers. And he said, I believe that prey drive is something in humans as well. It's just that it's dormant. And it needs to be activated by an external force, someone like a coach that can activate that for you and help you flip the switch. And once you do that and you're able to see a bigger potential in your life and then take forward motion to attain that, that's where positive change and that's where significant transformation really begins and develops. And so what we largely have done in our coaching program is trademarked this concept called the art of beliefology. We have a trademark on that. And basically the philosophy largely behind that, which is really what I talk about in the book on the wings of eagles, is if you understand that your reality is largely defined by a belief system. And as we know, you know, there's self-doubt and limiting beliefs that hold a lot of people back from doing big things in life. If you understand that you can challenge those beliefs That's where change takes place. And so we have a saying that if you change your beliefs, you can change your life. And that's really the premise behind this coaching program called Build a Beast. It's challenging the limiting beliefs and the fears that are really holding you back from doing bigger things in your life. And I think that's one of the reasons that, you know, the book on the Wings of Eagles has had the success that we've seen is in that book, what I really do is I take the stories of many very famous people that I've either heard speak or that we've worked with or that I've met in person, people like Kevin O'Leary, people like George W. Bush, you know, people like um, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, Irving Magic Johnson, Joe Namath, all of these, quote, greats represent the Eagles that I refer to in the title. And so really, when someone reads through that book, they're not only learning a little bit about me and my background as a CEO of an oil company, they're largely tapping into the minds of those great people that are sharing stories about their careers and their lives and largely what's also made them successful. Very cool. You know, you you said something and just 
uh, mention it briefly, but very, very intriguing, this prey drive thing. Mm-hmm. And prey, I assume, is P-R-E-Y uh, rather than P-R-A-Y. Uh, could you talk you can pray all you want, but it ain't going to happen for you if all you're going to do is pray for it. You've got right. to get out there, as you know, and you got to put in the hustle and the grind every day. <laughs> yeah, t- tell me a little bit more about the psychology of that. You said it's, you know, it's in large prey animals, it's in dogs, and potentially in humans as well. Can you uh, elaborate a little bit more on on what that is, how to recognize it yeah. in yourself, et cetera? Sure. It's a great question, um, you know, Rob. And when I speak in public and I'm up on a stage, one of the questions I'll largely ask the audience is how many of you here feel that there's another gear inside you that just has not yet been activated? And invariably, you know, every hand goes up if we're honest with ourselves. And I say the problem is all of us were designed as 12-cylinder Italian supercars by our maker but the majority of people here today are putting around on six cylinders like a Yugo. And the reason is that you haven't really been taught how to flip the switch. You know, there's a wonderful book called Flip the Switch, very similar to what we talk about in activating that prey drive. But really, prey drive is being present. It's understanding that, you know, having clearly defined written goals are so very important. Uh, It's really blocking out the noise. When I've interviewed some of the biggest, most successful people on the planet, you know, people like Brad Lee with Dropping Bombs or, you know, people like Coach Michael Burt, you know, people like Dana Cavalier or Shea Hillebrand that was a professional baseball player. He said, what really has attributed to my success is I'm able to focus and I block out what I call the noise. I don't listen to the naysayers. I don't listen to the haters. I've got a goal and I'm just focused on that goal. My prey drive is focused on that goal. And as I move forward and I make daily progress, I'm consistently getting closer. And one of the big problems I think most people have is they start buying into the naysayers. They start buying into the people that say things like, you know, are you crazy for trying to do that? What do you know about starting a business? Or, you know, why are you walking away from your uh, your full-time job where you have the benefit of, uh, you know, paid insurance and right. a 401k to, you know, take the risk of doing something bigger in life? People that really have attained great success don't pay attention to those things. They just block out the noise and boom, they go. And prey drive can be activated by a number of things. One is by being exposed to uh, big thinkers. Uh, One of the great things that I've learned is that you become the average of the five to seven people you spend most of your time with. Yeah. And so, you know, if you look around you based on where you are uh, economically, the house you live in, the amount of money you have in the bank, it's probably somewhat representative of the people you're spending the majority of your time with. And so I always tell people, you want to really turn things around, go to some of these events. You know, yeah, they cost a little bit of money to attend some of these events, but now you're in a room with people that are seven and eight, maybe even nine figure earners running very successful multi-million dollar businesses. They think differently. They're going to get you to think differently. And once you start thinking differently, you start realizing, hey, I can start doing some things as well because this person ain't no smarter than me. And what I've largely found about very, very successful people is they want to help. You know, most people are scared to ask for advice. Most people are afraid to reach out to somebody because we're really never taught to do that. And I think what really has amazed people largely about myself and my career is they're like, well, how in the world 
do you know these people? I mean, like, dude, you're talking with, and you've got them on your cell phone, you know, Kevin Harrington, Matt Knowles, the CEO of Music World Entertainment, whose daughter happens to be Beyonce, you know, all of these people I'm talking to on a daily basis, Sharon Lecter, and it's really just about understanding the power of connection. Once you're introduced to somebody, it's asking, hey, Kevin, who are you connected with that I need to meet? Or Rob, you know, hey, who are you connected with that I should be introduced to? And it's then leveraging those connections that really allows you to transform and grow and start doing bigger things with your life that maybe you weren't doing a year or two years ago. Mm-hmm. But it's also largely just, you know, taking action and really having that goal and dream and never giving up on it because it's one of the things that I see so many people do. And then they get into their sixties or seventies, they start having a life of regret and saying, man, you know, I have so much potential. I woulda, shoulda, coulda. And what I always believe is I feel it's very hypocritical for parents to drop their kids off at school every day and say, Hey daughter, you know, go out and make it a great day. But then your daughter conversely ain't seeing you put in a hundred percent yourself. Right. Very good. You know, I see the connection with what you're saying about the five to seven people. And we've, of course, you know, those of us that are in any kind of self-improvement, we've heard that in one way, one phrase, frame or another for a long time. But I'm I'm still trying to make the connection with like large prey animals because Mm -hmm. there seems to be something innate in them. It's not that they're in a pack and they have to be like the others, or is it? Uh, or, Or is it just that they're, that there's, this innate fight or flight that's constantly. I think it's, I think it's largely that, Rob. I think it's an innate uh, prey drive where they're always hungry. You know, um, they're always chasing something. Let's face gotcha. it, you know, dogs chase cars down the street. They see a car, <laughs> they see a squirrel, boom, they're gone. They see something and it's just that innate prey drive to, to go chase something. Gotcha, and, gotcha. You know, that prey drive in a human is really the ability to see something in your mind and not give up on that and to and, be able to and that. turn it on and off is the idea, yeah. right? I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I see because I was comparing what you were sharing with us and a group of people and being motivated or inspired to raise our levels, whatever those levels are, mm-hmm. relationship with spouse, being a better father, husband, mm-hmm. et cetera, or making more money. And 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 I see, yep. because obviously, look, you and I both, I'm sure, have seen people in our lives who, um, you know, who at the cost of their marriage mm-hmm. built a great business, right? Yep. But really- who wants that? I mean, I've been married for 30 years. I run a multi-million dollar business. I have three kids. I mean, I'm thankful to God for because I could have very easily been the guy that just chased one one car until I got run over by the rest of the traffic. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so we got to be able to turn it on and off, right? And we got to be able to look at the big picture here. Well, you know, it's funny that you bring up this subject. I've got a great word for you today. Okay. Uh, I want to share with you and your listeners. Um, one of my my great people that I really love and have come to respect, I don't know if you know, uh, Rock Thomas. Uh, mm-hmm. But Rock Thomas is a self-made multimillionaire. He's a disciple of people like Deepak Chopra and Covey. Uh, and, of course, Tony Robbins, who he's worked with for 16 years. When I was interviewing Rock on my podcast, Beast Nation, last year, he said, you know, in our M1 movement, Brad, we create fulfillionaires. 
Nice. And I'm like, wait a second, what did you just say? <laughs> he said, Thefillionaires. That's good. And word. I said, explain that word to me. It's a wonderful word. He said, well, it largely comes from the works of Stephen Covey. You know, if you've studied Covey or you read like the seven habits of highly successful people, he talks about this concept that, that we call the whole person theory. It's your mind. It's your physical body. It's your spirit. It's your soul. And you just touched upon it. You know, what good is having wealth if you got crappy health, right? right? Yeah. Or what good is it to be a successful business entrepreneur if you're a terrible husband and father? And so his word was fulfillionaire. And it's really having a fulfilling life of abundance and, of course, money and wealth. And he said, you know, if you ever watch the movie Jerry Maguire, where Rod Tidwell was describing to Jerry what he was wanting, his word largely for that fulfillionaire lifestyle was, Jerry, I want Quan. <laughs> I remember Quan. And so largely it's, you know, you really need to focus on abundance in all areas, I believe. Yes. And yeah. it's, you know, just about waking up and exerting yourself physically, whether you go to a fitness center or whether you run. I usually start most of my mornings by going out for about a four to six mile run just to get my blood going and, you know, just to give my mind a chance to think as I'm out there on the road. And then, of course, I go to the fitness center, you know, here at the club, but it's largely about that fulfillionaire lifestyle or the quan and really <laughs> buying into the whole person theory that Covey talks about, which is, you know, read, expose yeah. yourself, become more knowledgeable, learn from others. You know, obviously your, your fitness is important, you know, and then of course a, a spiritual side and a soul. And really when we talk about prey drive and we talk about, you know, stepping into a bigger future or seeing a bigger potential that largely taps into what we call your spirit. And so when Covey was talking about that element as the whole person theory, the spirit is really where that prey drive comes from uh, or is where it's activated as well as, you know, being able to see for yourself potentially a bigger future. And then, of course, stepping into that and doing the things to largely make that happen. Mm, love it. Love it. Yeah, I love this subject matter. And I think so many people have great success and maybe and that's overstated. So many people have success in one area of their life. I think great success is all relative, but mm -hmm. but um, what good is that, right? If you're really not fulfilled and there's so many elements that bring fulfillment to a human being. So maybe we could talk about that just for a minute. Like you mentioned a little bit about your morning routine and, and the importance of health. So give me like in beliefology or in you know the the beast coaching is there like a methodology a steps if you will to take mm. a look at the whole person and uh fix what maybe is broken or yeah. you know on the way to being broken yeah you know great great question and um the answer is yes absolutely because what an individual has to largely understand and this is what i'm actually um writing about rob in my third book which is called a blueprint for your better self. It really takes the art of beliefology uh, in my first book and really unpacks that and creates a blueprint for people to implement positive change now awesome. in their lives. It's like if you read the first book and you buy into the philosophy that yeah. if you change your beliefs, you can change your life. And so now, you know, now here's how to do it. Out to me and they said, well, how do I change my beliefs? Well, what you have to realize is that your beliefs are largely reinforced by habits. And a belief really needs to be exercised for about 45 to 60 days to become concrete 
and start basically defining a new belief system. If you do something like, you know, exercise and then you give up in a couple of days or a couple of weeks, which many people do, you know, through a New Year's resolution, it doesn't foster a new belief. And so I'll give you a story, which is actually a true story that's representative of this. I have a coaching student and, you know, we never met. It was largely, of course, through Zoom. And I never really noticed this until after he hired me as a coach. But I firmly believe that two of the most powerful words in the entire human language are the words I am. And I am followed by something positive as an affirmation that you say to yourself daily can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, this is, of course, been studied. People like Napoleon Hill, you know, Zig Ziglar talk about the importance of self-fulfilling prophecies. And so one day in one of our coaching uh, sessions, he said, Brad, you know, he said, I've got something to share with you. He said, I remember you talking about these positive affirmations and, you know, looking at myself in the mirror and saying, I am. He said, my challenge is I don't see anything that I'm excited about. I don't see any good. As a matter of fact, I hate myself Mm. because I'm roughly 420 pounds and I've largely allowed myself to get to this point. And I'm just an overweight, ugly dude. And I just I just can't think of anything positive to say. Wow. And I was like, wow. You know, now I know why he never shared his uh, his image on Zoom. He was always, you know, just uh, blacked out video. And I said, I'm so sorry to hear that. But here's what I want you to do. I said, I want you to wake up in the morning an hour early tomorrow, and I want you to go for a three-mile run. And there was like a long pause. (laughs) And he said, you got to be kidding me. He said, I can barely make it to my mailbox. And I said, no, I was just testing you. But I do still (laughs) want you to get up an hour early. And here is what I want you to do. If you don't commit to this, you don't have a chance in hell. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to get up an hour early and I want you just to walk for 30 minutes and I want it to be brisk. I want you to be swinging your arms. I want you to really work up a sweat. 30 minutes, just walk. And you're going to do that basically for three days. On the fourth day, what I want you to do is I want you to look for the telephone poles or the light poles in your neighborhood. And what you're going to do is you're just going to alternate. You're going to walk from one to the next. And then you're just going to lightly jog to the next pole. And then you have my permission to walk again to catch your breath. And you're going to do that for five days. After that, you're going to just double the distance. Two poles, two poles jog. Then you can walk again and do that for five days. And each time you do this, I just want you to slowly increase the intensity. Well, fast forward roughly three months, we were on another call. And he said, you remember a couple months ago, you know, we were talking about positive affirmations and you told me to start walking and and jogging and stuff like that. And I said, yeah. Um, He said, you know, now that I've been doing it consistently, I'm doing about three to five miles a day. And the great thing about this is uh, in that journey over the last three months, I've lost close to 90 pounds. And for the first time, when I looked in the mirror today, Um, I had something positive to say. And I'm like, man, here it comes. (laughs) I can't wait to hear. And he said, for the first time, Brad, in almost 10 years, I saw an athlete looking back at me. And I said, bingo. I said, see what we just did. We've just created a new belief system for you. Now that you see yourself as an athlete, you're going to start internalizing what athletes do. They eat nutritiously, they work out, they think differently. And I said, I have no doubt, dude, that you're going to lose the next 200 pounds because what we've done is we've created a new belief system for you that will now drive a new reality. Mm. And today, man, you look at the guy, I mean, he could be on GQ. You know, he's down about 200 pounds, you know, six foot three, good looking guy. 
but it was because what we did through that daily habit is we fostered a new belief system. And then through those habits, basically that new belief system became his reality. Mm. And that's largely what the art of beliefology revolves around. It's change your beliefs, change your life. But the way we bring about that change is through basically reinforcement of daily habits, because Mm. at the end of the day, you know, you probably have heard this. Our mind uh, is largely designed in a flight and fright. They call it the reptilian brain, yeah. uh, which is, of course, at the base of the cerebellum. And largely our brains are designed to do one of two things, either stand and fight or, or stand and run. And it's really largely understanding how the brain is wired and realize that, you know, your mind is like a garden. You've either got weeds or you've got saplings that are going to grow into towering oaks. And anytime you sense that there's a weed that's growing in your mind that's holding you back, it's the ability to just yank it out and challenge it and get back to largely what I said before, realizing that you can either forget everything and run and just say, forget about that. There ain't no way that's going to work. Or you can face everything and rise and increase your confidence and really transform yourself by doing some things that you largely thought you can never do. I tell people as a endurance athlete, running a marathon has nothing to do with physical endurance. You know, you know, you got to train for it, but dude, it's all up here. Yep. It's yep. self-talk. When you're 13, 14 miles into a marathon, it's the self-talk that's getting you through that other 13 miles. You know, there's plenty of other things I'd much rather be doing than sweating my butt off running 10, 12 miles uh, the second half of a race. And so I tell people that, you know, anybody that is an endurance runner or a triathlete or an Ironman will largely tell you, yeah, you know, I'm physically fit, but my mind is much stronger than my body. And David Goggins talks about something he learned in SEALs called the 40% rule. He said, most people will give up first in the mind before the body will fail. And the Navy SEALs have learned that when your mind is telling you to stop running, your body has only delivered roughly 40% of what it's actually capable of. And that's where SEALs and that's where endurance runners and that's where athletes have learned to tap into the self-talk so that the body can then deliver the other 50 to 60% to get them across the finish line or to do some of those amazing things that people do like those David Goggins that are doing, you know, 50 and 100 mile uh, ultra marathons. Right, right. Love it. Brad, great stuff. Uh, We just gave a little mini seminar right there for people to... uh, To make some adjustments and changes in their life. So uh, so obviously people need to go out and get your first book, which is available. I think your your next book is going to be coming out probably in the next few months. Um, yep. Maybe we could switch gears for one moment. We're going to give people links where they can find you and, and get information. But let's switch gears for a moment. You've written books that have made a, a big impact. Number one book for young entrepreneurs. Uh, you're writing a book that, um, from everything you've shared, sounds like it's going to be a wonderful hit. Your books have, have done things for others. Tell me what your books have done for you. How have they helped you to put your coaching business on the map? Uh, how have they helped you to raise your own authority in this space? Give me a little little taste of that. Sure. You know, I'll just go back and tell you that, you know, when I started writing my first book, I actually started the process back roughly 20 years ago, uh, largely because, you know, at the age of 23, I dropped out of college. I started an oil company not knowing anything about business. 
My parents went ballistic when they found out what I had done, because of course, they're a naysayer. What do you know about starting a business? You don't know anything about running an oil company. You know, you're a college dropout. <laughs> uh, that changed when, you know, J.R. Ewing, of course, was the biggest thing on TV. And I came home in a new Porsche one day. But what happened over the course of a decade is I built a sizable multi-million dollar business, you know, 35 employees raising millions of dollars a month with drilling programs in Texas, Oklahoma, and Louisiana. And when I was forced to collapse the business due to changing tax laws and uh, collapse in energy prices, I just said to myself, you know, there aren't many 23-year-old kids that go out and create multi-million dollar oil companies. Let me write a book about that. And so I started the process, but then, you know, life took a turn. I had a child, you know, got married and never finished. And one day as I was cleaning out the office about three years ago, I saw the floppy disk, you know, and of course wow. it was on a floppy disk. <laughs> floppies in it. But I looked at that and I said, I've got to finish that now that I've got a daughter. I want to create a legacy and it'd be kind of cool that, you know, as she gets older and really recognizes the benefit of writing a book. So I dusted it off and uh, I kind of changed the format and, of course, uh, you know, wrote on the wings of eagles. And shortly after I wrote that, not knowing what success I would have of any, I just, you know, published it on Amazon. And, of course, people will tell you, you know, hell, you'll be lucky if you ever sell more than 50 to 100 copies. I got a call from a friend of mine and he said, you know, hey, I was trying to buy your book. And so I Googled it um, and your book is number one. And I'm like. Like where? Number one. And he's like, well, apparently there's a big literary blog and your book is the number one book on the list for young entrepreneurs. And so I have no idea how it happened. But sure enough, over in the United Kingdom, some big literary blog that was putting together a list of the top 10 books put my book there at number one. So what does a smart kid do? He starts calling universities that have entrepreneurship programs, you know, universities like Rice University here in Houston, University of Houston, starting to talk to the deans and the people that run these programs. And I sent them a copy of my book with a copy, of course, of that article that showed my book was number one. And that largely got the ball rolling for me, Rob. I started getting invited in to speak to the student body. Uh, radio stations started to pick up on that. So that naturally led to radio interviews. And that largely became the snowball that just consistently has picked up momentum now over time that today, of course, has me talking on stages with people like Sharon Lecter, Kevin Harrington, you know, doing big events and really doing some amazing things uh, in the coaching business. And so the books, while they weren't necessarily intended to be monetized, have certainly now monetized themselves to turn into a seven-figure coaching business, uh, you know, speaking, uh, podcaster, uh, and just really, you know, doing what I enjoy. It's almost like, you know, it ain't even work to me yeah. uh, because largely I really just enjoy helping people become successful and showing people how you can use social media, how you can become a person of interest and really take those steps to use the book as a way to build credibility. And so, uh, you know, today, when I go out in public, people always ask for a business card. I haven't carried a business yeah. card in over two years. I say people lose business cards. I got something better. And I'll just autograph a copy of my books. And I said, most people don't lose books. Here's a copy of my book. And yeah. it has information yeah. in there, certainly, on how you can reach out to me and my team. And so it's just become a wonderful calling card and something that has naturally opened doors for us, not only in personal coaching, but also, of course, in, uh, in corporate coaching as well, because my second book, Put Some Thrive in Your Hive, How to Unlock Potential in Any Organization, 
is largely geared to business owners, entrepreneurs, managers, and its whole message is really how to create a culture in any organization and to get the employees to buy into that culture. And then, of course, how to take that business and company to a higher level of performance. Um, and so naturally, of course, what that's done is open doors in businesses and corporations that have had me come in and speak to their senior management teams and things of that nature. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Well, congratulations. It's almost uh Unlike um, many of my clients, uh, it sounds like it was more accidental, you know, meaning that, uh, as you said, you didn't set out to monetize it. But man, can you monetize a book uh, when you uh, when you are proactive and uh, you are clearly uh, proactive, Brad? So uh, thank you. Thank you for being with us today. Maybe let's let's give uh, where can people best uh, get more information? Obviously, they can get your book on Amazon, but let's send them to your website. Where where would you like uh, people to get some more info? Sure. So uh, if you're interested in uh, either of the two books, of course, you can go to Amazon and uh, just search for the books by my name. It's Brad Blazar, B like boy, L-A-Z like zebra, A-R. If you want information on our coaching services, uh, on our online academy, or better yet, if you're an entrepreneur, business owner, want to learn how to attract and how to raise uh, investor capital, you can go to our website. It's just www.bradblazar.com. And, uh, you know, across the top there, of course, you'll see the toolbar with different headings as it relates to the coaching program or our live events and the books and other things. So the best way to follow me really is just uh, at the website, bradblazer.com. Of course, I'm on Facebook and you can go to Instagram and follow Brad Blazer on Instagram as well. But that's largely, um, you know, how we're followed. Send me a DM. Uh, Send us an email, uh, give us a telephone call. We're here just really trying to help people. And more importantly, just trying to help people better themselves. And uh, as I like to say, become a fillionaire. Love it. Love it. Great word. Great way to end. Thank you so much, Brad, for being with us today. Thanks for uh, sharing the wisdom. Uh, We'll make sure that we direct people to the books and to uh, the website as well. So thanks again, my friend. Absolutely. Thank you so much for hosting me today, Rob. Awesome.